sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would if you would take those and fill them out uh, so we could have a record of your attendance with us. We would appreciate that. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, be sure to put your uh, email address on there. It's a good way to uh, uh, keep up with the things that are going on here at Community Baptist Church. Also, go ahead and, if you haven't already, check in on your smartphone and um, let everybody know that you are here today. Uh, there are a number of activities and opportunities uh, to serve and to fellowship in your bulletin, so we'll ask you to call, uh, uh, we'll call your attention to that. Please take note of all of those things. Also, I've just been told um, that Christmas is over. Can you believe that? You heard that? Yeah, but that was a lie last week. She she said she heard that last. That was a lie last week because actually Christmas ended yesterday. Yesterday was the last day of Christmas. Today is Epiphany. And so we are going to be undecorating the Christmas decorations today. So if anybody can come and help at 4 o'clock this afternoon, then um, please do that and uh, we'll undecorate for Christmas. Christmas was to was uh, uh, did in yesterday, and today is, begins the season of Epiphany. Um, it will take us up until we enter into the time of Lent, which will begin uh, first part of March. Lent's kind of late this year, but it'll begin first part of March. The themes of Epiphany are the revelation of Christ to all of the world, and that's represented by the, uh, the Magi, the wise men coming to worship the Christ child. The Magi came from other parts of the world and came to worship the, the Christ child. Um, and, and next week we will be um, celebrating the baptism of Christ, which is part of the Epiphany season as well. And we also celebrate all throughout the Epiphany season uh, the, that Christ is the light of the world, the entire world. So we'll be doing that through Epiphany as well. So, happy Epiphany, every, that's hard to say. Happy Epiphany, everybody. Uh, let me invite you to stand up and greet each other and share Happy Epiphany with everybody that you see. Share the light of Christ as you greet one another. Epiphany.
Let us pray together. O Lord, as this new year dawns, we welcome you into our thoughts this morning. Welcome into our world and into our lives, O God. In the darkness of this time of the year, in the darkness in which many of us live, we pray that you would sow your light into our hearts. And that is why we are here. We are singing and we are praying because you are the Lord of our life. We pray that you would let this light of love germinate and grow and bring forth fruit within us. Birth within us something new, something good, something that will lift us from our darkness so that we too may shine the light of your love. In our world where peace is so elusive, we pray that your peace will take root in our souls. Nurture it. Encourage it to flourish. And let your love blossom within us with patience and compassion. Let it strengthen us with forgiveness and understanding. Let your life emerge within us and through us and around us, bringing newness to everything that it touches. O living God of the past and the future, We have come here to offer you our praise today. Fill us with your joy and empower us with your spirit that our strength may be renewed to sing a new song for your glory in a world which longs for justice and peace. Grant the blessing of a strong awareness of your presence within our lives today, O God, and let your light shine on us. Amen. trusty DeWalt flashlight. For those wanting uh, don't to know my gift list, DeWalt is great. <laughs> for mom, it's Kate Spade, but for men, it's DeWalt. And every flashlight has a battery. This one has a funny-looking battery. And you can recharge that. And you put the battery in. If you take the battery out, it doesn't work. But you put the battery in, it's a great flashlight. And that battery is energy, and that's what makes the light work. The energy makes the activity of the little things in the light. They bounce around, and it makes light. And that's what God brings to us. God brings us energy. 
so we can be active and do things for him. There's lots of scriptures about light, and Jesus says, I am the light and the way. And God sent that light to us, and he's sending us energy, energy to follow him. To, to get up and do things. And that activity, if you look all around, you'll see it in the world. Miss Mary, it's the Christian outreach. They feed people. There are hospitals. Most every hospital around here was was founded in, in a Christian uh, philosophy. And then Brittany works at Habitat, which has a Christian foundation to build homes for people. So if you can take that light that God gives you for energy and activity, then as a Christian, you'll be able to go out and do good things for people, which is what God wants us to do. Amen.
Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we bring our very first fruits of our labor to you today, at this very moment, that you may multiply our tithes and offerings so that we will be your servants, that we will bring your bright, shining light in the dark world in which we live, that others may know Jesus, your one and only Son, who came to atone for our sins. It's by his name that we pray. Amen. chapter 60, verses 1 through 6. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the, of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Epaph, and those of Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
How fun is that? That's fun. And, you know, I've heard that song all of my life, um, but I didn't realize that it was written by Hank Williams Sr. You see that? I've had an epiphany. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Thank you, choir. You know, Americans have been, have been thought of as um, a positive, hopeful people. Uh, traditionally, uh, perhaps the most positive and the most hopeful people in all of the world. Anthony Jay uh, wrote a book a while back titled Management and Machiavelli. And in that book, he tells an interesting story about a British friend who was on a trip to the United States years ago. And he was sitting in the lounge at the JFK airport when a stranger came up to him and asked, You're from England? And his friend said, yes, are you? And the stranger said, it used to be. I'm living here now. Where do you come from? Cobham, answered the friend, uh, Jay's friend. How marvelous, said the stranger. I used to live on Epsom Downs, the loveliest place in the world. And then the friend asked, but presumably you like it better here? And the stranger said, hate it here. Then your wife likes it better, asked the friend. She hates it too, said the stranger. Then surely you're making more money than you did in England, asked the friend. The heck I am, he said. I'm working harder now and earning less than I ever have. Then why do you stay here, asked Jay's friend. Why don't you, why don't you come back to Britain with us? And the stranger answered, well, I'll tell you why. It's because I've got a feeling here that tomorrow I'm going to hit the jackpot. I haven't hit it in 11 years, but I still feel that I can hit it tomorrow. And it's a feeling that you just can't get in Britain. And that's why I'm not going back. It seems that for that man, America represented hope and opportunity. And that has been true for many generations. We call it the American dream. It is a dream for a better life. And historically, it has kept, it has kept the people of our country hopeful and positive. Even a, a terrible depression and two world wars could not dampen our American optimism. Even our music and our, our movies generally reinforce this positive spirit that we have within us. There was a, a British sailor remembers back when World War II was coming to an end. Allied servicemen and servicewomen were returning home uh, to, uh, by the hundreds of thousands. And he was about to be discharged from the Royal Navy. And so he decided to enjoy an evening out on the town. And he bought a ticket to a play in London. It was the opening night of some American musical. He had never heard of it before. He didn't know what it was about. All he wanted to do was to celebrate the fact that he had lived through the war and would soon be going home. And the first thing that, that he noticed when he entered the theater was the brilliance of the lights. For years, he, had, he and his companions in battle had to get used to muted lighting or sometimes no lights at all. And, and at this particular time, much of the city of London itself was in ruins as they had survived the Nazi blitzkrieg and dropping bombs all over town. And, and during these dreary times, these gloomy times, they were required to black out their windows so that no light could come out and to give away the position of their, of their city. They either had to either could not have any lights on inside their homes or they had to have their windows covered so that no light could escape. And so London was a dark, dark place during the war. But now the world was suddenly bright again. And the mood, he said, he noticed it was festive, it was electric. But nothing prepared him for what happened when the curtain went up for that, for that play. 
the stage perfectly blazed with the scene of a sunlit world stretching on seemingly forever. The dancers and the actors positively leaped onto the stage and the music joined them. And and then the opening words transformed everyone. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye and it's looking like it's climbing clear to the sky. And many of you know the rest of it, don't you? Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a wonderful feeling. Everything's going my way. The musical, of course is Oklahoma. But can you imagine that in the midst of all of the darkness of the war that they had been through? It brought a sudden blaze of energy and hope and a feeling of possibility even for decimated London and for America itself. Some of you remember those musicals from the 40s and the 50s, particularly the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals. They are famous. They've been played and played and replayed through the generations. And, And they are a uniquely American phenomenon. Europeans kind of make fun of us because of our Pollyanna enthusiasm that these productions represent. And we kind of have a reputation across the rest of the world that all of our movies have to have a happy ending. But that's our tradition, isn't it? Hope, optimism, energy for the future. That's our heritage. But let me ask you something. Do you sense that we may be losing some of that hopeful glow? Maybe it's the fact that even though the American economy is the strongest in the world, the benefits of that economy are are not shared by all workers, but are centralized in the highest echelons of the economic atmosphere. A lot of people are feeling left out. For whatever reason, whatever the reason is, people are feeling more hopeless than they used to. They seem to be angrier than they used to, more dogmatic. And even though we are a very affluent people, with strong corporations, with a military that is second to none, and world-class schools and hospitals, and a standard of living that is the envy of the world... Many of our people have reached the conclusion that our days ahead will not be as bright as the good old days. Whatever that means. Well, my friends, the prophet Isaiah lived in a time when the people had nearly lost all hope. But in contrast to us, they had a really good reason for this. Because you see, when Isaiah was making his proclamations, many of of Israel's best and brightest were slowly beginning to return to Israel after having lived most, if not all, of their lives as slaves in Babylon. And when they got back to their home. They found their beloved city, Jerusalem, and its temple in ruins. The once proud empire of David and Solomon was now merely a, a cluster of folks on the fringe of the Persian Empire. Doom and gloom were everything. Everywhere. Things looked bad. They didn't know how they were going to rebuild. They didn't have the resources to rebuild. They, were, they didn't know how they were going to survive. And that's when Isaiah, sounding like a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, suddenly burst on the scene proclaiming, Arise! Shine! 
Your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Look around. Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and God's glory appears to you. Nations will be drawn to your light. Kings will come to the brightness of your dawn. So lift up your eyes and look around you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar. Your daughters are carried on the arm. And, and then you will look and you will be radiant. And your heart will throb and swell with joy. Wow! It's kind of jarring, isn't it? To, to hear this in the midst of all of this doom and gloom. This is kind of like your dad waking you up in the wee hours of the morning before it's light, saying, Rise and shine! And your response is, I'll rise, but I won't shine. But you know, I think it's appropriate that we celebrate Epiphany at the darkest time of the year. For you see, one of the great themes of Epiphany is the theme of hope and light. A light shines in the darkness, we are told, by John. Epiphany commemorates the Magi who followed the light of a star in the hopes of finding the light of the world. And Isaiah tells us to arise and shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And I think it is particularly significant that Isaiah admonishes these despondent people of Israel to lift up your eyes. Have you ever noticed that people who are feeling down often express that emotion by looking down. They're always looking at the floor. Their expression is often um, looking down at the floor. And this gaze is often turned downward. And so it makes sense that Isaiah would admonish the despondent people of Israel to look up. Look up. You might feel better if you look up. At this dark, gloomy time of the year, you can do yourself a favor by by looking up, lifting up your eyes. The psalmist wrote, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is our hope. Look up. Look up to see the star that leads to our redemption. And so why should we lift up our eyes this morning? Well, let's begin right here. Maybe you're like a lot of people in our society today who feel that you've been forgotten, overlooked, passed by. Let me tell you something. You're not. You're not. That was Isaiah's great message to his people. They thought that God had forgotten them. They've been in slavery for over 70 years. They thought that God had forsaken them, and a lot of other people do too. Maybe you're among them. But you know what they needed? You know what you need? You know what we need? We need an epiphany. We need the light of Epiphany. Now, Epiphany is, is not only a season of the church year. It's a word that has, that has crept into a secular usage as well. Have you ever heard somebody say, I've, I've had an Epiphany? What that means is that that person has had a moment in which they've achieved some kind of realization, some kind of awareness or knowledge of something that enables them to see things in a new light. And these epiphanies can sometimes be life-changing. Let me give you an example. There's a woman named Bessie Pender. One day, 
admitted to herself that she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she began to weep and pray. And that's when Bessie's life began to change. You see, Bessie experienced her moment of epiphany while she was cleaning out a classroom at one of the Norfolk, Virginia public schools. And for the past ten years, she had worked as a custodian at that school, but it just wasn't cutting it for her to do that. She did not find the job to be fulfilling or satisfying for her because it was not what she intended her life to, uh, her, her life's goals to be. It, it helped pay the bills for, for Bessie and her husband Ben, but it just wasn't cutting it. Bessie and Ben had married young and, and they had started their family at, at the time when Bessie was only 18 years old. In all of those years raising her children, Bessie had really wanted to go to college. She wanted to become a teacher. But the time and the money that it took to get a, a college degree were luxuries that, that the Penders just could not afford. And so Bessie got a job as a custodian in the school. But after 10 years of frustration, she just couldn't face it any longer. And, and so one night in the middle of a dirty classroom, Bessie had her tearful talk with God. And not long after that, Bessie signed up for her first college classes at Old Dominion University. It took her seven years as she struggled to balance her job and her classes and her family and her finances. At one point, she had to juggle all of that while she she grieved the loss of her sister who died young from kidney failure. Her father's health also began to decline during those years, but but Bessie kept pushing herself, and in spite of the the pressure to quit, she, she kept pushing on towards her goal. And eventually, Bessie's persistence paid off. And today, Bessie Pender is not only a fifth grade teacher in the very school that she was cleaning that day, but in one recent year, she was voted Teacher of the Year. Maybe someone here today is in need of an epiphany. Maybe you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, and maybe your life hasn't turned out exactly the way you think it should have. Well, guess what? You're in the right place. Isaiah admonished the downtrodden Israelites to look up. Lift your eyes and look to God who can give you guidance. Who can stand by your persistence and help you make a new start. My friends, when, the, when all the odds are stocked, stacked against you and you've become the laughing stock of your school or your community or your, of your family, when you feel like the biggest loser in the world, Jesus is there with you. Even when it seems as though no one else is, Jesus is there with you. So if you feel like you've forgotten, you're not. Here's the second thing we need to see. You may feel like you're on your own, all by yourself, but you're not. Dr. Steve Stevens tells about a Russian poet and Christian activist and composer named Nikolai Moldova. Nikolai unfortunately experienced the terrible brutality of of a Russian prison system during the days of communism there. Lie on your belly, a guard yelled at Nikolai. and So Nikolai dropped to the icy floor and knowing that the, the torture would be excruciating. And the guards began to march on him. Marching on his back and his legs and his feet with their heavy boots. For over an hour they did this. And they left, left Nikolai lying on the floor, bruised and, and bleeding. And when they finally finished, his fellow prisoners rushed to his side, concerned for his condition. And Nikolai, <laughs> Nikolai raised his head and he said, 
I wrote a new hymn while I was being marched on. (laughs) And then he began to sing, May I not only speak about future heavens, but let me have heaven and a holy feast here. After Nikolai was finally released from prison, the communist police went through his his home and they confiscated all of his manuscripts that he had been working on for years, for all of his life. And, And most of his life's work was gone overnight. But Nikolai would not let that stop him. He he sat down immediately and he composed another hymn. I worship you with gratitude for all you ever gave me, but also for everything taken from me. You do all things well, and I will trust you, O God. Stephen Stevens points out that Nikolai Moldova could have been a victim, but he learned an important lesson. Life is an attitude. And he chose to look up instead of being pulled down. He decided to cry out to God. And now, today, his songs, his hymns are being sung all over Russia. So you may think that you've been forgotten and you may think that you're all by yourself, all alone. And finally, you may think that you'll never make it through. But you know what Isaiah says? Look up. Dad tells about taking his four-year-old daughter for her first trip to Disney World. And she just could not wait to get on Mr. Toad's wild ride. Some of you have been on this. If you have, you know what I'm talking about here. The the car zoomed through the crazy rooms and into the path of a speeding train. And it would break through walls that fell away at the very last second. And as all of this was going on, this tiny girl was clutching the little steering wheel in front of her. and, And she would turn it left and she would turn it right there. And when the ride was all over, she turned to her dad with a shaky little voice and said... Next time you drive. I didn't know where I was going. She really thought she was in control of that thing. She, re- she didn't realize that she wasn't in control the whole time. And I'm not so sure that you and I have that much control over our lives either. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. The fact is that sometimes life just happens. There are things that happen in our lives that we have no control of. And there are times in our lives when we we feel like we are forgotten. And there are times in our lives when we feel that we're all alone. And sometimes we just feel like we will not make it. We've all been there. Maybe it's been a hard year for you. Maybe you just need someone to put their hand on your shoulder and say, it'll be okay. Or maybe you need an epiphany. A glimpse of life-changing light to move you from the darkness that you're sitting in to the light of hope. Well, listen to this. Here's the good news for you today. Life will not defeat us. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Lift up your eyes and look around you. Then you will be radiant and your heart will throb and swell with joy. What good news for this dark and gloomy time of the year. God's light gives hope to all. Amen.
let's sing together our closing hymn, Be Thou My Vision. And this is what this is talking about. Looking to Christ Himself to be our vision of the world. To see the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. Be Thou my vision, O God. Let us look to Christ and let, let us look to the light of the world and allow Him to be our vision of the world. Let us see. seated for just a moment because uh, we got a little business to take care of today and it's good business. <laughs> Mary Beck, this is hot Tim, <laughs> Mary Beck who many of you know has come to unite with our church. She's been, she's been hanging around here for a little while now and uh, uh, getting to know some of you and, and uh, getting to know and to love this church. And she has come uh, wanting to become a member of Community Baptist Church. And uh, I think all of us will welcome her into this congregation. I hope that you'll do so now by lifting your hand and saying amen. amen. Thank you so much. Mary, um, I'm not sure if you've been here when somebody has joined the church or not, but this is, you haven't, okay. Well, this is something, these people can quote it to you, because they've seen it. I've been here for almost 15 years now, so they've heard it every time somebody joins a church. And that is that every member of this church, we are family. And so we take care of each other. We take care of each other. That's what family does. But we're also ministers in this church. Every person in the church is a minister. We feel like it's our responsibility to carry the light of Christ to each other and and into the world. And so, in the days ahead, as you're a member of our church, we look forward to the ministry that we continue to have with you, and we look forward to the ministry that you give to us as well. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Let us stand and uh, have our benediction today. I know you'll want to uh, talk to Mary and shake her hand and say hello to her and welcome her into our family. Let us look for Christ wherever we go. Like the Magi before us, let us never stop seeking. Believing that there is a light that shines in the darkness which the darkness shall not overcome. Let us lift our eyes to the light of Christ and let us live in His light always. May the love of the Creator, the joy of the Spirit, and the peace of the Christ child be with you this New Year's and always. Amen. Amen.